Welcome to Ready to Mosh, a podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready to Moshcast. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. Hello. We've got another special interview this week ahead of the Uprising Festival, and we have Nathaniel and Flo from Demean. It was a great chat we had with the guys, and we're really looking forward to seeing them uh, uprising. Unfortunately, we had a few technical issues with this one, so some of the audio on Nathaniel's side was a little low, but we've tried our best and tried to work a little magic, and hopefully you enjoy it. So... We've got special guests on today. Uh, we've got uh, Damien. So we've got Flo and Nathaniel. How are you doing, guys? How are you doing? Thanks for having us. No problem. Anytime. Um, so I want to get kind of straight into kind of like the origins and kind of like how the band began. Oh, oh, go. Well, let's yeah. go all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, if you want to go all the way back, um, it started when I in its sort of in a previous life uh, when I moved to London I wanted to play music so I got together with this drummer and the very 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 first kind of bionic form where we played some original songs was just me and the drummer then we got a bass that the drummer was called Roll I'm not going to go through all of um, but the lineup changed. There's been a few band members over the years, to be fair, yeah. Um, but, uh, but it has been a few years as well, to be fair. Awesome. Um, but um, let's just say the first, first, I guess, serious incarnation, shall we say, was with this uh, this drummer, Jaime Gomez, uh, who's gone on to do other projects. This is now a fairly renowned producer. Um, they're doing really well. Um, and, um, and yeah, we had, I mean, let's talk about, yeah, the, the, the first couple of albums we had, Purity, the Dominion Paradox and Difference Engine. So he was, uh, he was kind of an, an important part of that kind of structure and songwriting it, this dynamic. was kind of before my time to be fair. Yeah, so this is this is before this is before Yes, exactly. So we had to we had the run name. And then when we um I suppose the flow joined and we started writing with different songs and we had a different I guess musical and songwriting chemistry. Yeah well when we started to work together it kind of you know evolved a little bit i guess you know and so it kind of when, when a new album was finally kind of ready to get recorded and things nathaniel particularly i mean it's, it's always been kind of nathaniel's baby but he like, he just thought you know it, it's evolved it, the, the name needs to evolve as well and so it kind of moved forward into damim um the, there is a there's a reason for that but um, nathaniel will probably explain it better than i do is the fact that if you choose any three alphanumeric characters that's that's a really bad start google is not your friend so we went for something a bit more distinctive that <laughs> that enabled us to i guess continue with the same sort of 
identity, but also signaled that it was an evolved version of it. And so we had, uh, we, we released the, uh, the first album under that particular moniker. There is, there is I can never quite remember which way round it goes, but what, what is Dam as a literal translation for? Bloods, and then yes. Dam means Blood Eagle, Blood Shadow. Yeah, uh, of blood, donation of blood, and now we're at the point where we're, we're literally on the cusp of releasing a a new single. When I say on the cusp, I mean tomorrow it's going live. Yeah, yeah. to find it. Uh, so you're in the one track timing, yeah, is excellent. Just the one track, uh, but we have an EP coming with yeah. two new tracks on side A and two live tracks on side B. And um, and yes, we just got the due to a plastic buffer. We had to substitute something, so we just got the new one. Yeah, literally, last bit of nature. But yeah, there's, there's a couple of live tracks from one's from Bloodstock, and the other one is from a, uh, a COVID session, shall we say? Um, yeah. Did this thing, that sort of thing, uh, slay at home with metal injection so we were quite happy with the way that that, that came across um so we we thought it'd be stupid to waste it yeah that's actually a really good cool video oh you've seen it yeah 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 mm-hmm. seen that yeah yeah, yeah absolutely it's really it's, right. it's actually kind of like for sort of like a covid time it's really well shot as well mm-hmm. it's kind of like everything just looks set up perfectly i'm really glad uh we've managed to <laughs> Could wink you into feeling it that way. Um, no, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. It was it was really thrown together in, in, in the moment, and it was like the best. We couldn't. Um, yeah. We all live relatively far away from each other, and it was just yes. Yeah, so it's, it's all kind of like different rooms, different studios. Uh, I think I played, and then we had to kind of like or like in a, in a studio setting, you know, just kind of like overlay stuff and kind of make it all happen like that sort of thing. It was a cool thing to do, definitely. But it's it's all one take by everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But it's one sort of performance, which is, uh, which is kind of nice. And, and special injection people were really good about it as well. Um, and it, it went down well, as really well received. So, again, bring it out with... Uh, as as part of an on tape and CD, um, I'm going to wait for the label to take the lead on announcing that because we have we're working with a new label, uh, so we don't have to wait until tomorrow. Uh, but um, uh, but yes, we got the artist Adam O'Neill who did his work worked on the first issue of the comic and his work on the new issue of the comic. So for anyone listening who hasn't been Keeping up, or uh, you know, not expecting anyone who's listening to know everything about this. But we have also during lockdown, we started a comic, and you know, due to the fact that we couldn't collaboratively make music in the same way, we decided to bring this idea to life. And just as I'm sure as that practically everyone has this same thought of, oh, wouldn't it be nice to? To have a comic about the bands, well, there's 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 a chasm between having that as an idea and making it as a reality, and you managed to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
and we with the help of Alan, who uh, who did one of our t-shirts and so on the artwork in the inlay of a fine game of nail, our latest album to date. Um, He's really having to reload throughout the artwork for the comic. Yes. We're allowed to say that it's amazing because we didn't draw it. And he's really going to town with the new issue as well. So he's done the cover for the latest EP, which again, we're very happy with. And it's very screen print friendly, as, as you'll see when T-shirts come out. But, uh, but yes, we, we're quite excited about this. It's our first yeah. thing in a while. And it's timed well, both you know, not just because of you, but also because of uprising. And then we have manifest, and then we have a couple of festivals this this summer as well, and and into the autumn. So it's uh, it's, it's quite a looking good, an exciting time. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, and the new comic as well, which will come out this summer. Yeah, that that's actually something um, I was going to ask you about later. Um, but as you as you kind of um, brought it up. Um, is that something you're going to kind of continue to do alongside the music? Uh, is it going to be a, you know, a permanent sort of feature? So I, I mean, I don't know how permanent um, um, is, but uh, um, there's a desire for it. Yes, definitely. yeah. We have we have a few issues in the works. So we this so far we have issue one, issue two is essentially the second chapter of the story, and I think we're thinking about. We have an arc for about six or seven. Can't remember how many it is, but we have a number of set things that need to happen for the whole thing to make sense and feel complete. Uh, having said this, uh, it's been quite a successful venture so far, given that it was originally intended to be a, a more of a, a marketing um Accessorization, extra bit of merch, shall we say? Yeah, we, we didn't know what to expect with it really, and we kind of went to the London Film and Comic Con with it. That that was the kind of launch that we did, and it, yeah, it went really well. And it's amazing how people kind of—I guess a lot of comics fans are music fans as well—and heavy metal and comics go well together. So, so yeah, it was a great way. It works both ways, you know. A lot of the guys like really, they are really interested in the comic. And and yeah, at the Comic Con, all of those sorts of things, they actually sold quite a lot of records because you know they quite get into the idea and you know if they want a soundtrack to what they're reading and that that sort of thing. So yeah, it's it's been quite remarkable actually in response to it. But you'd be surprised how many metal nerds are out there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Um, we're we're out there in our droves. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so who are your musical influencers, or what influences your music? Do I start? <laughs> I can I can start right off the back. Um, I'd say that we were our influences on our sleeve in in a way. Um, I mean, in a way, and very literally, we were our influences on our merch. As far as one of the latest articles of merch is concerned. Where we have a, a deathified Daniel logo. I don't know if you've seen it. It's uh, quite happy with the merch. It's a Chuck on Chuck mm-hmm. print, uh, which uh, um, Rick Ross himself was quite taken with it because obviously it's it's got a meta reference when he was wearing it, some photo. But um, so de- I mean, death is an obvious one. You know, you have you have a number of 
genres on, on local for one, and I imagine I uh, discovered fairly on, early on that I was not. As I said, there were influences on my sleeve, and uh, I discovered fairly early on that I was into specific pieces rather than genres or even artists, right? So I like this album or this song or this album or that, most of the work by that artist. I, a lot of it happens to be death metal, thrash metal, black metal, etc. But um, yeah, I, I won't mention any, any names, but the, the, I remember somebody said, oh, like this band's on love this band and I heard that band and I found myself not particularly enjoying it. So to get back to your question, you know, there, there'll be some death metal bands like Death, uh, Morbid Angel, um, etc. Like, like I'd say what people call old school death metal, you know, they solid obituary. Uh, Napalm Death just focuses on the cast of Crying, etc. Gold Guts, a big one, the one at least. Um, and then obviously you have some black metal with things like Emperor or Thorns is a big one uh, because it's just um, out there. Uh, if you haven't heard that Thorns album, you really, really must. Um, you know, classic Flash. The obvious one was Slayer, but there's also things like uh, Exodus, Overkill, quite a big one. Um, and um, then there's other slightly left field ones, which you'll hear maybe references in terms of the texture or the way the syncopation is expressed. So things like uh, Godflesh for me is, uh, is quite an important one. And there's there'll be some stuff like killing joke um which comes across either in the lyrics or the the way that things are sung sometimes because if you know anything about our music you'll know that I, um, I will sometimes growl sometimes do the kind of carcass mid-range thing sometimes black metal thing sometimes a sing actual singing tecla um yeah how, how actively you uh, feel that is you decide but obviously i'm I'm happy to stand behind uh, what we do. So that gives you a rough idea of where I'm coming from, but obviously Flo has his set of... <laughs> I, I do not have, like, the Daniel's knowledge of metal is scarily encyclopedic. It's a mind to be honest. Like, you me I don't know. Know. <laughs> but he didn't, like, is quite literally the first metal band that I played in. Um, and before that, I'd done pretty much everything else. So, I mean, the fact that you introduced me to I mean, again, I can go back to more of a day, but probably being the first when I kind of got back into metal when I made Nathaniel. That was probably the first album I dominate. That's probably the one that, like, I'm like, okay, I, I had no idea that people were actually playing that stuff for real, sort of thing, back in the 90s. That was quite new to me, even about 10 years, but I had no idea that such things existed. It, it completely passed me by. I was very much into metal when I was a kid and then just stopped for no, no particular reason because I went and listened to a lot, a lot of other things for a few years and then came back to it. So, it, yeah, as a, more, more of an engine, he's had developed people like that. 
um, you, you know, obviously you would look way above flesh came out and that sort of thing. You know, that that definitely moved me back there. And I think I wouldn't say necessarily comes across in the music, but when when Deftones were doing stuff, that was probably what got me back into metal again to make me want to kind of to do that, you know. Um but yeah, it, it's um I just really like playing the drums. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else to say to you, really. Like in terms of influence, it's 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 quite hard to really pin down. I'm a bit, I'm a lot by the Daniel in that it's often even just like a verse or a particular mood that's captured for about ten seconds in a song. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that that's what I want to recreate. You know, that that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite hard to pin down. I think Killing Joke, like the band just said, that was one of the first things we really kind of like. I kind of swapped it in some of the earlier damn stuff, and um, we were like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, we kind of connected on that a little bit. Um, and like some of that, like oh, well, I was listening to back when I was in, like the early kind of like relatively obscure kind of UK thrash band like Reanimator and stuff like that was probably what got me going when I was out with that I really wanted kind of like really put playing along um but yeah like so many people it's such a diverse thing it's really hard to uh to actually say you know here's these five things that kind of define how i want to make music sort of thing it's a difficult question to ask <laughs> so with the songwriting process kind of how how is it for you guys is it a kind of a guitar and drums first lyrics later is a is it kind of like a yeah. cool sort of thing that goes on with the songs? I mean, yes, but I'm guessing one more than a monosyllabic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the drum, the riffing and strong rhythmical axis is the interaction central. Yeah, and the, the interaction because there will be riffs or parts because uh, I, you know, don't necessarily just work with. With riffs, it's, it'll be certain arrangements as well. And sometimes I'll bring some to the table, and sometimes certain things won't gel or will gel better, will gel unexpectedly better than others. And what's interesting is having worked with so many different drums, it's interesting what does and doesn't, and you know, all the cases you have the same exactly the same idea and one will just take to it and like take it in this direction and then firm will, will do something different with it and go well like you know that really I'm not really into that one but this one <laughs> so no no it's it's true and, and i think that was kind of no, right. I, I, it's absolutely true yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a defining element in terms of what decides your strengths and weaknesses as a musician not just a drummer of what you like how much you trust your taste and then go for that. So, and in terms of a song in general, it's it's not so much like a rule of thumb, it's just how things tend to happen, is that you'll have these these riffs or these collections of soulful bits that have been that I've been ruminating on for sometimes decades. It, you know, literally just sitting on the fridge just trying to find somewhere to go, just couldn't get it right. And then, so you have those, and then you'll have something recent, which is catching, which 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 compels you 
to continue to play it. Like I, I really enjoy playing this part. I kind of messed it up in this way, and I quite like what I messed it up. So I'll keep that, incorporate it, and use it as my well, variation, etc. And the, the, the other key thing is to not depend on screens. You need to be able to kind of rely on actually playing stuff and working things in your ability to conceptualize the music itself. Like that's really important because if you stick to screens 100%, that is one of the surest ways to make sure that your output becomes utterly sterile and inorganic. You know, you just remove everything like one tempo, you know, completely binary sort of arrangement, et cetera. So you know, ancient prehistoric riffs plus the more recent ear worms or guitar worms, for say, plus some sort of part that spontaneously appeared from the, the chemistry and magic of the rehearsal room and some additional arrangement really that occurs in, again, you know, working with actual musicians. And that binds it together. And by that time, it will tend to feel right. And that's the key thing. It needs to feel right and you need to trust how much you do or don't like what you've actually ended up with. And that's the thing. That's the key. Trust your text. And it's a really hard lesson to learn. But, um, but yeah. And then the lyrics. That's another kind of just process in itself. And it's just about collecting. I don't know what you compare it to, but you know, it's, you, you know the way that you know, the, the way that they make ink in uh, in the, the Far East by using oil lamps and collecting the soot and then scraping that off and then binding that and that, that takes ages and ages and then binding it with glue. It's it's the same to, in order to make these high quality ink bricks. And it, I suppose it's a similar kind of thing, you know, you just collect thoughts and sometimes you'll be able to blur like three paragraphs in one go that feel like they stick together. And then once you've done that, you do still need to match some of that to music. And that's also a process in itself because not everything will match. You'll need to kind of mix and match and make sure things kind of work and write things on the fly at the same time while you're actually setting setting them to music. Um, and in the end, will feel right, you know, in the same sort of way. And what, what's funny is sometimes you're not completely privy to the actual meaning of lyrics until sometimes years later, and they're like, oh, that's what I was about. So, uh, so that's that's an interesting aspect. Or I find it interesting. I don't expect anyone else to. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that gives you some insight into. It. And more recently as well, um, I think, uh, especially for where I have made more of an effort to try and involve uh, Faust and Nick in terms of the writing. So the the new stuff that will come out hopefully next year. So we have another problem that we are actually recording. There's an album in the way at the moment, sort of thing for the, the next kind of, the next the next release, yeah. And that has a few Nick riffs and a few more first parts. So that, and, and, you know, again, same sort of thing. 
with the it, it, it needs to work for everyone we want that so that influences the direction of, of where it goes whether or not there's active writing or not so uh, for someone who is new to damming, what songs would you recommend that they listen to first? Bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> you're asking me asking to choose between my children. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people body is broken. That That's one that people often come to me saying they really like. Mm. Um, yeah, body is broken. And in many ways, my favourite is in, in a language they understand. Um, but yeah. <laughs> that's a really hard one to say isn't it you know they're all they all have their own kind of special something obviously with bio from the old stuff uh i would say you know again i wouldn't have been happy to be a part of or to be behind the release well i was happy with all the material at least in some way but the album of four i think eyeballing and this has nothing mm. to do with that thing I'll probably to start at once. And in fact, I think we should play that. <laughs> <laughs> Highballing's a regular in the set. Nothing to do with apathy is a little bit, it's a, it's a great tune. It's a little bit slower, so it's not always kind of what we want to go for, you know. But yeah, it's true. We should put it in more. It's an outlier, but it's it has, I, I like to think it has more impact because the, there's more time for you to mean every note. Because it's slow. With everything that's uh, coming up, sir, with Uprising, are you going to be playing the new single there and any of the stuff off the EP? Uh, just the, just the, the, the new single off the EP. Um, and actually, we have a standing since um, Nick has joined uh, Benediction on Base. So it's, it's, it's time it is a little bit more difficult to come by. So uh, obviously, uh, we, we're very happy for him doing. Uh, going in, going out to the world and playing some excellent shows with a uh, with a, with a seminal uh, UK deathmatch band. Um, but uh, we've enlisted this chap called Ekin, who's uh, who's in a band called Sorticide S A W T I C I D E, which you should check out. Um, and uh, and yes, he's. he's it's great, actually. It's really nice. You just literally, I, first time we got into a room together, just nice and relaxed, you know, not not kind of like sometimes you meet new people and it's a bit stressful and they are not, not sure of what they're playing. And yeah, it just kind of came in and started playing straight away. It was really nice. And breathes music. So it's, mm. he's a fantastic um, asset, really uh, great to have him on board, uh, filling in for Nick. So, but yes, we'll play a, um, a mix of old and new stuff and, and um, can you sing? Okay, cool. Um, so, should we move on to the quick fire? The quick fire round. A moment, I fear. <laughs> the quick fire round, it's eight questions. You don't have to think too heavily about them. And some of these questions, I guarantee you won't ever have been asked these before um some you might but some you definitely won't so we'll start with the first question what was the first album you owned uh first album i owned was um live after death by i wish i was that cool (laughs) (laughs) i think it was probably like a john williams collection you know like star wars and all of that sort of stuff or movie 
kind of hits that that sort of thing of, of like first record i own um yeah i'm gonna go with that okay interesting okay. yeah so what would be your death row meal so it's a starter a main dessert and drink that you can pick i'm gonna say that i'm gonna let nathaniel choose and i will have what nathaniel has because nathaniel is the best cook i know okay. <laughs> so, so i'm gonna say that <laughs> pressure um I don't know. Um, That's a really deep question <laughs> for Nathaniel. <laughs> Maybe something like some sort of seafood starter, like oysters, uh, and then uh, something rich uh, and traditional. And can, can there be a cheese course as well? If, if, if you, you want. if you want a cheese course, yeah. you can have a cheese course too. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I don't know, like, a traditional, like, full-course sort of French meal with, like, some sort of starter, uh, seafood course, um, maybe some, some unfortunate duck, uh, with, uh, with some sort of, um, sauce and, uh, some potatoes prepared in, in some, ingenious way and then obviously a cheese board and then maybe some um yeah of course <laughs> you're gonna have a wine pairing with that so um what was the first gig that you watched that watched as opposed to another concert we went to or yeah mm. yeah so the, the the first gig that you attended uh, okay cool uh Oh no, I do know what that was. I do know what that was. Um, to, to my eternal shame. <laughs> um, well, I say that. No, it was okay. It was. Nope, Nathaniel. Oh, Nathaniel so, we've uh, lost Nathaniel um, for a sec. I'm sure he'll come back. Uh, it was um, back when I was very young. Um, <laughs> bon Jovi, Europe, Skid Row. Um, but I did get to see Skid Row for all of all of that. I absolutely like, I don't claim any particular aficionado with um, Bon Jovi or Europe, but I had never heard of Skid Row. And yeah, it's it's fair to say that that blew my mind a little bit. I must have been about like nine or 10 or something like that. And that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty full on. Yeah, my first one was Bon Jovi with Van Halen and Thunder. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were great. Don't get, mm. don't get me wrong, but they have like you know they haven't stuck with me in the same way but Skid Row I still go back to occasionally mm. yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I still listen to Skid Row Bon Jovi I mm. used to love as a kid but can't just can't yeah exactly that now. exactly that. You, I think you're well they were the two bands Europe and Bon Jovi were the two bands I kind of first saw on telly with long hair and yeah. it was just mm. like what <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh, have you back. <laughs> so uh, the, the first actually I, I didn't really grow up in much of a gig friendly environment so the first musical performance i will have attended will be some sort of i guess classical thing um of some description but the first actual concert with guitars and drums and whatnot will have been death um on the individual thought patterns tour wow <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that, that is like, i know this you know but it's still just like yeah that, that's an amazing first gig experience by anyone's 
Mm. Yeah, that that's yeah. that is strong. Okay, what are your favourite crisps? Salt and vinegar, something. Um, yeah. Can we do top three? Yeah, so <laughs> if, if you if you if yeah. you feel that strongly, yeah, if you've got a top three. I mean, the thing is, uh, I've I've I was just in Ireland not too long ago for um, the siege of Limerick, and actually to pick up some of our gear, which I foolishly left behind. Uh, but it was it was also to attend the show, and I w- was reminded how good potatoes actually are as crisps. Like they're quite strong and tasty, and you can actually taste the potato flavour. So I do quite like those uh, those cheese and onion potatoes. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm going to change. I'm going to go for pickled onion discos. I don't know if anyone remembers those, yes, of course. but uh, yeah, I do remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just sudden flashbacks of uh, yeah, those were my favourite childhood. Otherwise, uh, like um, it's same sort of vein. Like French crisps tend to be a lot more potatoy than the crisps you could get here, but you do get some excellent exotic flavours here, such as prawn cocktail. So, uh, so yeah, there's those are my <laughs> three top three crisps. Okay, so what would your kind of dream tour lineup be? You can include yourselves on the lineup if you want, um, but if if it was a dream tour. Who would you go for? Do you want to answer this or shall I? Uh, um, yeah, that's a difficult one. I, 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 yeah, you, you answer. You're, you're going to be better at that than me. By um, I mean, you know, pick any three of our influences. So, uh, but I'd say something like Meshuggah, Gorguts, um, and I don't know, maybe Immolation or something like that. If that was a, a touring lineup with us on it, <laughs> that would probably, um, yeah, that yeah, I could have the last meal after that. <laughs> that, that, that works. And what's your pre-gig ritual? Focus on the things. I warm up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more, not so much, it's not so much about warming up. I mean, sometimes like, sometimes you're backstage and it's just freezing cold and you need to actually physically warm up, but it, it's more about the mental state that that kind of puts you in, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm not a, not a very social creature beforehand sort of thing. Generally speaking, I'm just trying to put myself into that zone. Um, yeah. I think maybe the closest thing we have to a ritual is just going through a couple of the songs acoustically. So, you know, Flo will tap on his pad and use the floor as a kick drum. And yeah, usually quite funny. And a kind of unplugged. We're trying to battle the band that's actually on stage at the time, sort of thing. That's usually quite good. But it it will prime (laughs) us for the actual thing, get us in the zone quite effectively, as well as actually warm us up. Um, You know, we don't actually have a ritual where we punch each other in the arm and try and give us yeah we don't <laughs> high five no <laughs> it's uh reasonably unpretentious and yeah we don't we don't have frankincense and incantations to <laughs> yog sogoth or whatever so <laughs> okay um if you could be a biscuit what biscuit would you be um shortbread that's a really tough choice actually I've just come back from Scotland, actually. I did have some amazing shortbread. It is really good. So, yeah, that, 
<laughs> That's definitely quite high up on my list right now of amazing things. Um, I'm, I'm a chocolate digestive man. Like there, there's no real substitute for that as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, I have to go with the chocolate digestive. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the purity of the shortbread. I don't, I don't think we've we've ever had shortbread as an answer. I think we have, no. I think that's the first. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And finally, for the quick fire round, what was the last song that you listened to? I shudder to think because, as I say, I've just come back from Scotland and my wife was in charge of the music. So. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely don't know. Motley Crue. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that it was, oh, what are they called? Hang on. Answer the question, Nathaniel, and I'll be able to tell you in a minute. when I. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I was showing Faust some brand new stuff, so it'd be our, one of our unreleased songs. But I don't know if that really counts as uh, what you were hoping to ask. And this is the typical question where you're put on the spot and your mind goes completely blank in terms of what you've been <laughs> recently listening to. Um I suppose I can pick a, a random example. I need to go and find out. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, then uh, I'm really on the spot. Um, I suppose I can pick up one of the songs that I've been listening to in the car. Uh, that's been, because I have a bunch of memory cards that I load up with music. Um, one of the recent editions is The Fucking Champs. Thor is like immortal is uh, is one of my favorite songs on that particular album which i think is fucking champs for if anyone knows the reference i recommend it it's like a gu- electric guitar symphony. light asylum light asylum dark allies which is in no way a i've no idea what it's it is kind of it's amazing i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna try and describe it but it's uh, yeah that that's actually genuinely a brilliant piece of music okay Cool. So that, they were the quickfire questions. So obviously there's uprising coming up. Um, what other live dates have you guys got planned? So uh, we have, after uprising, we have a, a manifest, which is in Whittlebury Park, and with a really, really solid lineup in my personal estimation. Mm. Uh, you know, you have bands like Belfigor, My Dying Bride, Iggs Horder, Overkill, you know, a couple of personal favorites right there. And I'm not really into them, but as far as what they do is concerned, they're one of the best bands for that genre ever, Grey. Um, and a whole number of other either established acts or up and coming ones. So th- I think that weekend is going to be really, really solid. Then we have. What do we have? We have Tolminator, Slovenia. yeah, which is in Slovenia, yeah. and uh, we're playing the Friday, uh, and it's it's in just an, an open air, quite brand new festival, but uh, with Sodom as headliners and a few other acts. I think Anel Thrack are playing on like the Monday or the Tuesday. Uh, Sam was asking us if we could uh, come up with you if they could use our guitars as spares or something, but. Um, we're, we're too far apart from going away. But, um, and then we've got Brighton. There's an Ireland show yeah, coming up, isn't there? Actually, yes, you're right. So there's the show with Cancer in Dublin. Cancer. Uh, we're looking to 
have a couple of dates either side of that. We'll see. And then we have the show in Brighton in December. So few in the calendar already, and I expect we'll add a few more. So, you know, watch the proverbial space, as they say. Okay, so how did you get added to the Uprising lineup? And have you been to the festival before? Well, uh, we played it last year, um, but we played the, the the sort of the Uprising after party, and um, mm. essentially Simon was was kind enough to consider us for the main event on the Saturday. The main event. So we've been there, we've played it, we've done that. We literally have the T-shirt. And uh, <laughs> and the, the, we're, this year we're back with a vengeance. Um, so, what are the bands you're looking forward to seeing um, uprising? If you get, if assuming that is, you get the chance to uh, go and check somebody out. Well, there's uh, Combi yes, Christ. There's obviously Combi Christ. Yeah, I think Paradise Lost. They're probably the other one that I've never seen that I've always wanted to see that I've never got around to seeing. I think Monic Ring. I'm. I'm looking forward to ch- checking out this band, Lowen, uh, which I've never had this chance to watch before, uh, <laughs> who are playing right before us, as it happens, on the same stage. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually doing double duty. Um, the band uh, before Damn Him, I'm, I'm playing drums for them as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, working extra hard. <laughs> well, well, I, I was going to ask about that. We, we were speaking to Lowen on Friday. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we 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 spoke to uh, Nina and Shem on Friday. Well, maybe while we're waiting for Flo, do you want to just do the last one? Yeah, so we've only got one question left for you anyway. So basically, why should people come and watch you at Uprising? Goodness. Uh, well, if if someone feels that they enjoy music and art for its own sake, rather than for for um, for gimmicks, we we I like to think we're purists. So in, in that sense, right? So you're going to see people who have been doing this for a while, who know what they're doing, arguably. And, um, and yeah, who do make a, what I like to think is a compelling racket and who have a great time doing it. And they might even end up with some additional earworms, depending on how much they pay attention to what we're doing. But, um, yeah, if you like the sound of any of our influences, if you like expansive music that's not afraid to be what it is, then uh, I would say come and watch us. Oh, here's another reason to watch us, especially now that he's not here, is Flo will blow your socks off. He's a really bloody good drummer. Um, so, yeah, just even just for the sake of watching him, I think is worth the detour. That's absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Nathaniel and Flo. Thanks for coming on. It's been great having a chat with you. And we're really looking forward to seeing you at Uprising in a couple of weeks. Fantastic. I really look forward to it again this year. uh, It'd be great to meet you in person. And uh, and yeah, play to to the Uprisers. Yeah, I'll I'll own that. (laughs) See you soon. Fantastic. So that's the end of episode 57. We hope you enjoyed listening to that chat with Nathaniel and Flo. If you are going to Uprising, obviously make sure you do check Damim out. And if you're not going to Uprising, go give them a listen anyway, um, particularly their new single that they've just released, World Turned Hell, because that's a good one. 
As always, don't forget you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Ready to Mosh Cast and on TikTok, YouTube and Facebook at Ready to Mosh. So go give us a like, follow, share, etc. and a five star review on your preferred podcast platform. And we'll be back with episode 58 next time. Make it stop, Moog.